the fear of the Lord. The concept, even the idea of talking about the fear of the Lord, and that we should fear God, uh, sometimes sits a bit strange in the 21st century charismatic Pentecostal church. Where the emphasis has been so much about the love of God, grace, peace, joy. You know, God loves you. Come and see him. Let him hug you. And all those things are wonderfully true. But what I have met, and I'm sure you've met them too, is a huge number of believers who do not fear God at all. The funny bit is, they fear the devil, but they don't fear God. And the Bible on no, on no page tells us to fear the devil. On not one page. But on almost every page, it tells us to fear God. So I want to unpack this a little bit today because we need to go up a bit in our maturity as believers. We need to go up a level or go up a gear in being the real deal here as genuine Christian people who know what it is, who know the delight and the joy and the peace and the love that comes from the fear of the Lord. In a moment, we're going to go all around Proverbs and show you some of the things it says about fearing God in Proverbs. And, but just as a kind of an introduction to this, let's look at just very, very, very quickly. Three things the Bible says about the fear of, of the Lord. First of all, it was positively encouraged by Jesus. Jesus, you know Jesus, the one who was full of love and kind and meek and mild, you know. Nice Jesus encouraged his followers to have fear when it came to the person of God. Matthew 10 and verse 28. He said this, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Listen, if as you walked out through the doors today, a guy come up to you with a gun, you might be afraid. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Well, we'll all find out if we are afraid if that happens. <laughs> I think I might be. <laughs> he said, don't be afraid of people who can kill you. This is what an amazing thing to say. Don't be afraid of people who can kill you. Don't be afraid of them because they're powerless. In some sense, they are powerless because they can't kill your soul. They can't do anything with your soul. They can only do something with your body. But, he says, don't be afraid of them, 
who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather, he didn't say don't be afraid. He said rather be afraid. (laughs) Be very afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He said, I want you, Jesus said, I want you not to have a casual approach to my father. And we have to get this balance correct. Because God doesn't want to be terrifying to you at all. To the point where you don't go near him. To the point where you run like Adam and Eve ran in fear. That's not what God wants. But neither does God want a people who treat him casually, optionally, loosely, holiness being an option. Shall I be holy or not? I know I'll just be a Christian that isn't holy because there seem to be a lot of them around. God says, fear me. Walk before me. And be blameless. So we have to find as mature believers, not as infant believers, but as mature believers, we have to find this all also important balance of understanding that we are accepted just as we are. Jesus loved the tax collectors and the sinners. He loved them. He loved hanging around with them. Got him into a lot of trouble. He loved them. And he still loves tax collectors and sinners. That's good, isn't it? Especially on a week when the tax collectors sent out a whole load of bills. He still loves sinners. But in his love for sinners, people like me and you, in his love for us, we're encouraged to treat him with deep reverence. Not casually, but with deep reverence. So Jesus encouraged a healthy fear of God. I believe it is a good idea to have a a healthy fear of electricity. That's a good idea, isn't it? It's not stupid to tell the kids, don't put your wet finger in that socket. You should have a healthy fear of electricity. You should have a healthy fear of the M1. I did last night. A healthy fear. You should have a healthy fear of running onto railway lines, should you not? It's not a bad fear. It's not something you need casting out of you. Oh, I'm, I'm really frightened to run, run onto the railway line. Come here and pray. We'll get that fear out of you. No, get that fear in you. Right? And there are certain fears in our lives that we need to cast out. 
and there are other fears we need a bit more of. Can you say amen? We need a healthy fear of God. Jesus encouraged it. What was number two? It's a blessing. Go to Isaiah chapter 11. Please turn there. It's a blessing. And the Holy Spirit gives you this blessing. Here's a prophecy in Isaiah 11 of uh, the Messiah coming. And Isaiah begins talking about this stump or shoot that's going to come from Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. He's speaking about Messiah, Jesus Christ. And here's verse 2. Have a look at this. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And now Isaiah, through the Spirit, begins to describe the attributes of the Spirit that will be upon Christ. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of power. The Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Jesus Christ, upon receiving the baptism or the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the Jordan, received the Spirit in all his fullness, and one of the things the Spirit did was to, was to impregnate him further with these attributes. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge. And look, in the words of the X Factor, in no particular order. And the fear of the Lord. And don't miss verse 3. Don't miss verse 3. What did Jesus delight in of all those things? says he delighted in the fear of the Lord. There is the list of things you might delight in. Delight in power. You might delight in being wise. But he didn't delight in those things. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is the same today. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? He's the same. The same spirit that was on Christ is upon us. And he comes to us in a different way to that which he came to Messiah. Messiah has a very unique and individual ministry as we know. But in many ways he comes to us in the same, in the same fashion. To give us power, wisdom, counsel. And that we might delight in the fear of the Lord. If you do not fear the Lord before you leave this building, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, please will you begin in me today, 12th of September, or whenever people on the internet hear this, begin today to impregnate me with the fear, the healthy fear of the Lord. There are two types of fear. I want to try and get this right in my head. Let me get, the, let it, get it right. Uh, here it is. I wrote it down by John Mallon. 
There's two types of fear. There's servile fear and there's filial fear. Those are strange words. Servile fear means I'm afraid of getting in trouble. That's what servile fear is. I'm afraid of getting in trouble. I'm afraid of being whacked. Or in today's, of course, modern parenting, told off sternly. I'm afraid of getting in trouble. Like in the old days, we were at school. You do something wrong, you're up before the headmaster. You're in trouble. You're frightened to break the law, not because it's wrong, but because you might get caught. That's servile fear. But God, God's word, there may be an element of that, but God's word is more what we would call filial fear. And filial fear is, let me read it, not wishing to offend someone we love and respect. Not wishing to offend someone that we love and respect. So when we're talking about the fear of God, it's not so much the fear of punishment for those who are in Christ, because there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ. That word in Romans 8.1 is really strong in Greek. You can just as easily translate it. There is no judgment for those who are in Christ. No judgment. It's an astonishing verse. So we're not talking about so much the fear of being caught and told off and punished. We're talking about, I don't want to grieve the one I love. You want to sit there and, uh, I, I don't want to offend my wife or my husband. Not because if I offend her, she won't be bringing me no more breakfasts in bed, which incidentally, I have never had. <laughs> well, not every week. But rather, I don't want to offend her because I don't want to offend her. Because of a love relationship. That's the kind of fear we're talking about. Go over to the book of Acts, chapter 9. The third uh, area where the word of God talks about the fear of the Lord. It was encouraged by Jesus. It was lived out by Jesus. It was a blessing from the Spirit. And number three, it was lived out in the early church and caused it to Grow. That doesn't seem correct, does it? Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. That's a big area, by the way. It's It's not three towns. That's three whole areas. They enjoyed a time of peace. It was, the church was, strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers living in the fear of the Lord. Or other translations say, it grew uh, living in the fear of the Lord 
it multiplied. During our Bible school a few months ago, you know, we had this debate over it's grow or multiply. The New American Standard Version, one of the best versions, I think, of the Bible, says it, it uh, walking in the fear of the Lord, it increased. That's, I, just, just, just watch this a minute. Do you know what people say? They say, hang on, you can't have a tough gospel. You can't have a fear God gospel, because if you do, people won't come to church anymore. If you uh, talk about living right, being pure, being holy, you'll empty the church. Not according to this. Not according to this. Because actually, our job is to create disciples, not statistics. You would think that if you got a bit, you know, preaching a bit like this, people say, well, I think I'll go try something a bit, I'll go try something a bit easier. I'll go try a, a, a form of Christianity where I can sleep with people before I marry them. Not, not this kind of Christianity, you can't. Well, I'll go join a church where it, it is okay to gossip or to get smashed. Well, not, not this kind of not this kind of Christianity. It's not. This is the only real kind of Christianity. It says that as they walked, that's literally in the Greek. If your version says they walked in the fear of the law, that's, that's literally. But it's an expression. It means they lived. So the NIV has gone, they lived in the fear of the Lord. It's time for us to live in the fear of the Lord. Live in it. And many times, including me, we go and visit it. But we've got to live in it. Can you say amen? We've got to live in it. It's a place where we're going to live in the fear of the Lord. Okay. Now, just go over to the book of Proverbs. And just in the last few minutes, I want us to look at a few things the Bible says about the fear of the Lord. Just from the book of Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs. Let's go to chapter 9. Let's look at this one. Proverbs 9 and verse 10. You probably know this verse quite well. It may have come to your mind as soon as we mentioned the topic today. The fear of the Lord. Verse 10. Chapter 9 of Proverbs. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. There are so many of us who seek to be wise. We seek to be wise. We want to be wise. And you might even be in the track where you understand that to be wise, you have to get your wisdom from the Word. You might even be mature in that area where you understand if I'm going to be wise, I have to take my wisdom from God. Uh, not even from Oprah. Uh, you know, not from Jeremy Kyle. Not from Lorraine. 
but I'm going to go get my wisdom from God. And so you might be mature enough to know that the word of God is where your wisdom is going to come from. But here, the Bible kind of undercuts us straight away, pulls the rug out from under our feet and says, you want to be wise? You have to have something happen in your heart first. Wisdom will come from absorbing the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You will grow when you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. But actually, there's a, there's a foundation stone that if you're going to be a student of the word of God, you have to have a foundation stone go right underneath it all. And that is, you must fear God. So that as you read the word of God, as you absorb and as you live out your life, walking in the fear of God, living in the fear of God, there's a foundation stone right under it. I am wise. The decisions I make, I make them based upon the fear of God. Should I say this unwholesome thing or not? No, I won't because I fear God. I fear God. So if you want to be wise, you have to fear the Lord. What's the second one? Great. Chapter 8. Chapter 8 of Proverbs. To fear God will cause us to hate sin. I would love that to happen to me. Do you know what one of my main problems is? One of my main problems is I do not hate all kinds of sin. Now, don't look at me like that. If I hated all kinds of sin, I would never sin. Is that right? I spoke to a young man the other night. I preached the gospel to him for two hours in the back of this church on Thursday night. And while I preached the gospel to him, he said this to me, and, and he, if he was here, he wouldn't mind me saying it, I'm sure. I'm not making fun of him, I'm just telling you something. He said, he said, uh, he said, he said, I've been out in the world or something like that. And he said, I've been doing things that you wouldn't like. I said, let me just stop you there. You've been doing plenty of things that I'd probably like. But I don't do them. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like some of the things you're doing. It's just that I'm, I've got the wisdom of God and I don't do them. Because I know that the wages of sin is death. But here comes, here comes a promise from the word of God. If you will know what it is to fear the Lord, you will begin to hate sin. I'd like that. I'd like that. Proverbs 8 and 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Go to chapter 16, verse 6. Second part of the verse is this, 16, 6. Second part of the verse, through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. If you feared the Lord, you wouldn't talk about people. 
if you feared the Lord, you wouldn't end up in bed with someone. If you feared the Lord, you'd handle your finances correctly. If you feared the Lord, you wouldn't go out into the world if you feared the Lord. The Bible says this, if you fear the Lord, you're going to avoid evil. Here's the third one, final one, I think. It says, uh, if we fear the Lord, it'll improve our lives. <laughs> well, look at this. It'll prolong and improve our lives. Go over to chapter 3, Proverbs 3. Fearing the Lord will lead you into divine healing. Proverbs 3. Verse 7, verse 8, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. That sounds good, doesn't it? Now, let me tell you, there are plenty of people who get healed who do not fear the Lord. <laughs> and there are a number of people who don't get themselves healed who, who do have a healthy fear of God. But that aside, here's an encouragement from God. Fear me, says the Lord. Fear me and I will nourish you. It'll actually make you a healthier person to fear God. It's certainly true that some people have burned themselves out on the lusts of the flesh and now they are a shell physically as well as spiritually. Proverbs 10, let's look at this. Proverbs 10, 27. Tells us that if you fear the Lord, you're going to live longer. You're going to give the pension department more of a headache if you fear the Lord. No wonder they want to take prayer out of schools. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. Let's have a look here. Where is it? The fear of the Lord adds length to life. Well, I like the sound of that and all. Let's look at one more. Proverbs 19. This is my favorite one. Verse 23. 19.23. It says this. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And then one rests content, untouched by trouble. I want to read that again. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And then one rests content, untouched by trouble. We know that if we live a genuine Christian life, sometimes, listen, we actually get into trouble for being a Christian. Being a Christian leads you into some trouble. Sometimes avoiding the trouble is a sign that you're not a mature, as mature as you like to be. Uh, for example, Peter, when asked, do you know Jesus, suddenly decided that he wanted to walk with the Lord until it got him into trouble. And then he decided, no, no, I'm not a Christian at all. Jesus said, anyone who lives a godly life will suffer persecution. So, so it's not that there's never going to be any trouble. 
But there's something about fearing God that pours into you a trust for God. That says, although the mountains are falling all around me, I'm standing on a rock uh, more secure. And although the wind and the waves beat against my house, because it is built upon a sure foundation, and by the way, in, in, uh, in Matthew 7, that sure foundation is not being a Christian, but living as one. Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice shall be like a man building a, a house upon the rock. There's just a sense that, you know, even though things are falling around, falling apart around me, there is an authority higher than I. There is a power higher than me. I have sown my seed. It's going to come back to me. I have served and been faithful to my God. He's going to come through for me. That young man, I don't want to focus on him too much, but maybe it's just useful to do so. That young man we spoke to for two hours, his life was all messed up. And his life is all messed up because he once uh, attended church, decided it, he was going to do his own thing. It's just a classical prodigal son story. And he'd gone out and done his own thing. And now there he was, all messed up. There was a reason why I was able to help him. And it wasn't because I'm the pastor of a church. The reason I was able to help him and the reason you might be able to help him is because I had been living on a rock and he'd been living on sand. And if you're on the rock, you can help people in the sand. During the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, I'm going to finish because I think we need to pray. But during the crucifixion of Jesus. One of the men was hurling abuse at Jesus from the other cross. You know there are three of them weren't there. The, kind of the good and the bad thief if you see what I mean. One turned and the other kept in his sins. And while the thief who was unrepentant hurled his venom at Christ the other man shouted across he told him to be quiet and he asked him this question it's a question that I want to ask myself it's a question I want to ask you he said this do you fear God do you fear God if you fear God you'll keep away from evil if you fear God, you'll lengthen your life. There'll be blessing in your life. You'll know his presence. And if we, as a community of kings, if we fear God, that won't diminish the church. It will grow it. The Holy Spirit 
brings wisdom, power, counsel, but he also brings that healthy fear of the Almighty. I was so touched this week, and I'm going to stop preaching. I was so touched this week by our, our week of prayer. This was the word that came through, and a few weeks ago, Phil came and prophesied something along these lines. Two or three weeks ago here. I believe God is speaking to us. So let me finish with the, just this practical step. Well, how do we do it then? <laughs> how do you do it? How do you suddenly fear God? How do you do that? You know what I have to tell you? I, I don't know. But I know this. That since Wednesday night, and then through into the wonderful time we had Thursday night, I know this, that it's been my constant prayer. Oh God, pour upon me the fear of the Lord. Pour that upon me. And I have to put my faith in a God who answers prayer. I have to put my faith in a God who can transform my heart. It's not a sermon that's going to change my heart. It's going to be the spirit of the Lord. We had an amazing week. There were amazing consequences that came from it. Not least what happened yesterday afternoon and what's happened to different ones this week. It seems like God is in a quick answering business at the moment. You know, sometimes when you phone a helpline, they're not very helpful, are they? I need to phone a helpline after I phoned a helpline, actually. Sometimes you can't get through. Every now and then I phone a helpline. They say, hello, can I help you? And I think, no, surely not. <laughs> but it's felt like that all week. I got through straight away. And it's a metaphor. I know the sovereign Lord always hears our cry. I'm just telling you how it feels. God will hear your cry today. The almighty God in heaven will hear your cry today. What a wonderful season to be in. So all throughout this whole weekend, I was out, I traveled up Friday to this place in Nottingham and I stayed over and um, all throughout Saturday and it was just my prayer all the time. Oh God, Give me the fear of the Lord. Grant upon me the fear of the Lord. I just prayed it all the time. I'm going to pray it all day today too. I'm going to add that. I always prayed, Lord, will you make me in love with you? I always used to pray that. I want to add this to me. Lord, create in me a love for you. Create in me the fear of, of God. <laughs> 